Welcome to Trending in Education. It's March Madness time, and we're talking about our learning trends March Madness brackets, which are about to drop like they're hot right at the top of March. It'll be, it'll be maddening throughout the month of March, and then it'll culminate with the anointing of a, a, a new winner. So it'll be super exciting. We've been doing this for three years. This is the fourth time we're doing it. We'll be heading down to uh, South by Southwest EDU to, to do a live event as part of that conference in the middle there. And it's something that we're going to be tracking throughout March as sort of a parallel feed to trending in education. You'll still be getting your more traditional fair trending education throughout March. But, uh, but March Madness is something that's exciting. It wouldn't be March Madness if, if we didn't have da- the dulcet tones of Dan Strafford participating in, in, the, in the excitement. Dan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm going to do my best uh, William Jonathan Drayton Jr. impersonation. You may know him as Flavor Flav. Nice. Uh, he, he is the hype man of all hype men, or hype men, of, whichever it is. But he is my uh, muse here. I'm excited. I think how we've grown this each year, how the topics have really come together. Uh, one, our trend spotting, what we've seen in the future, what we've seen from education over the past four years. But it's also a way just to understand what the listeners are into and, and yeah. what they, they think are important topics. So I think yet again, we're expanding the field. We're, yeah. we're getting a little bit bigger. Yeah. Uh, we're getting more matchups in. We're bringing in a special guest in yeah. uh, Rohit Bargava to help us out as well. So yeah. it's all moving forward, which I really dig. And I think this is going to be the fourth year is going to be the best. And then we build on it from there. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, Flav of Flav, notorious hype man. But at the same time, don't, don't believe, don't believe the hype. It's like, Make up your mind, Flav. Right. You know, do I believe the hype? Do I not believe the hype? You know, Tell me what I, you need me to do. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it should be exciting. We've had fun with this in the past. I think we will have fun with this this year. We're still finalizing the field, but the idea is 32 slots, four buys, so 28 teams. And we're going to have four first-round buys, and then we're going to get into it pretty quick. So this show will coincide with the launch of this. It's all going to be run on Twitter, at Trending and Ed. If you listen to the show and you don't follow at Trending and Ed on Twitter, Dan and I, Dan in particular, does a nice job managing that Twitter presence. But it's a good place to get the latest and the greatest articles and topics and recordings of shows. And it's also where we're going to be running the polls that will give you the chance to vote. And then also we'll, we'll be talking about how you can make predictions throughout this as well so we try to try to like i said have a little bit of fun with it and we'll also be talking to melissa griffith and brandon jones later on in this show just to to fully round out the hype team to talk to brandon about the storied history of march madness and talk to oh, here you talk about that a little bit more dan as well and then melissa as our our new participant our new uh principal member of the team who's going to be you know, really talking about our March Madness throughout the month. And she'll be with us down in Austin with Rohit. It's fun to get some fresh eyes on this at the same time. So, so anything just in terms of the history, uh, mm-hmm. topics, uh, or any insider's tips for folks 
who might be thinking about the predictions they're going to want to make about uh, trending in education's March Madness this year, Dan? I think there is plenty to learn from past execution of this. You know, you look back at 2017, our first year, we had the tie between AI, machine learning, and the importance of teachers, which I think looking back makes a whole lot of sense as we continue to move forward here. 2018, uh, it was kids solving, which still in the news, not nearly as much here in 2020, but uh, was a big deal with the Parkland shooting, unfortunately, and then what came out of that, the March for Our Lives, and then in uh, 2019, Interactive Everything over Human-Centered STEM. Yeah. And I think bringing back some of the topics in the past show, one, that there is still life after March Madness. You can, yeah. you can continue on just because yeah. you make it one year doesn't mean you won't be back the following year. But I do also think it shows that education and learning is an ever-evolving landscape. There are things constantly happening, but a lot of it is rooted in a foundation and things that we can come back to and talk about in different ways and, and yeah. different years. Yeah. Uh, so the matchups are exciting. I'll say this for anyone who's, who's into it. On Trending and Ed over on Twitter, we're going to pin a tweet and have a thread for all the voting. So you can go to one spot. You'll be able to go through, vote in each matchup. Share it. Share it with friends. Share it to, to get your, your candidate off the ground. Make sure you, you give us a hashtag of March Madness. But this way, we, we get more votes. We get more interaction with it because I think this affects everyone. I know it, it's you know, proselytizing a little bit about education here, but learning and education, it's lifelong. It, it's at work. It's in, in the classroom. It's in the, in the house. So I, I want to know what you guys think are, is the most important stuff here. So share and share a lot. Uh, yeah. Vote and vote often. Yeah. Early and often, right? As they say, and it's uh, super zeitgeisty that it's an election year and we're asking people to vote, you know? So uh, a lot of primaries are going to be happening. I think we might try to squeeze a show in to the month about uh, Super Tuesday. And then also talking about the zeitgeist, uh, this coronavirus nonsense uh, will not simmer down. So like we did, uh, we did a show on that, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago and it just keeps keeps uh, taking off. It is going coronaviral, as, as, we, as we did say. You know, all, all jokes aside, and coronavirus is a very good one, but all, all kidding aside, Japan's shutting down their schools for up to four weeks. It's going to the end of... Yeah. So th this is going to be something that at least story-wise stays with us for a while. Not a doctor. I have no prediction about how long this uh, spreads or if a pandemic is happening or whatever it might be, but the story of it, of how it affects supply lines, how it affects yeah. manufacturing, and affecting children's education, and the idea of learning from home. How many more people turn to online mediums to, to pick up where maybe they're not getting it in person? It's a really important story and one we'll definitely track here. Yeah, and it's another one where as we're finalizing the, 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 the entrance for our March Madness, there probably will be something late that is a nod to that and uh, that could be a runaway you know because even when you when we were talking about kids solving you know parkland happened you know in march of that year so like that's the, the voting it did wind up being a runaway but even if you do think about the activation around climate change among the younger generations we did a show on okay boomer recently the generational passing of the torch that's happening on a number of fronts they're they're you know multiple torches are passed at the same time. It's like a, a relay race where, you know, four, five batons are passed all at the same time. But, but there is a lot of really interesting stuff around the generational tensions and the opportunity to sort of unlock some of the rising potential of the younger generations. Those things are certainly emerging also as we head into the 2020 election. So there is almost a palpable 
zeitgeist right now it reminds me a little bit of year 2000 even just around y2k too at least as someone who was in new york you know y2k right on through 9-11 the same level of fear around what you're breathing yep uh, you know just to help quote unquote healthy paranoia you know there is that idea of just everyone is on edge and it's an important time to just think about mental health and think about the things that are restorative to you. And that is, that's another set of themes that, that I think are super interesting. So we're hyping the hype, Dan, but any other uh, quick thoughts just as, because uh, we're going to want to squeeze in some time with uh, Melissa and Brandon before, uh, before we wrap. Yeah, the generational stuff I think is fascinating. I think there are many, many angles to it. And you see so much information coming out each and every day, not only the tension, but workforce readiness and who's entering the workforce, who's leaving the workforce. I think last I saw, it was actually the Generation X and boomers who were the highest rising in entering the workforce because people are going back to work. Very intriguing to track that as we move forward. And, you know, it's a topic that's sort of spread throughout a couple of the entrants this year. We've talked about it many times, the private-public partnerships, the idea of continuing education, yeah. uh, the idea of going pro early and basically getting a job to then get your education while you're working. This all plays into, to me, a larger discussion around the whole person, the whole student, whatever it might be. How are we balancing this digital age, this constant having to be doing something, whether schooling or working, you know, family care, and how are we understanding that from how it affects us? Uh, affects uh, social emotional learning, but also affects our ability to learn, to remember, to, to change and grow. I think it all plays together. And while these topics may seem disparate at points, it, there's a lot of connective tissue throughout all of them that can really make for, for broad discussions and I hope really interesting discussions as we go forward this month. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a gumbo, maybe a jambalaya. You know, a nice hearty stew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it's chunky still. Right. You know, like we're not, it doesn't, it's not a, it's not like a fine bisque, but. No, you but, sop it up with some bread. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. yeah. There's nothing wrong with bisques too, just to be clear. Like we're, we're, we're definitely, we're, we're diverse and inclusive in our, our hot soup proclivities. But, uh, but yeah, so we're going to hear more from, from Melissa and Brandon, and then you'll be hearing a ton from uh, Dan and me throughout March on the March Madness front. And then also we'll still be releasing shows that are more traditional trending in education and thanks again for listening follow us on twitter that's where you can track the march madness and we'll pick up with more action welcome to trending in education mike palmer here joined by melissa griffith melissa welcome to today's show thank you you didn't ask me how i'm doing michael well, now, now I'd love to know how you're doing now that you raised that topic. Yes. Still living my best life. Nice. Still living nice. my best life. That's good to hear. It's Thanks good to hear. Me. What's making your life great? Like, like what are some of the things that make, uh, make this your, your best life? You know, we're, it's a lot about what we are going to be talking about today. The weather is warming up as we yeah. head, head into March. You know, we're, I'm excited because we're heading down to the South by Southwest, which is my first time in Austin. Yes. Uh, as well. So, um, and then I get to participate on this pod at South by Southwest, which is going to be amazing. I've been, I've been trying to boot Brandon from this show for years <laughs> so I can get into the, this particular, this particular show. What's yeah. So I'm very excited and, to be here. So, yeah. So, so yeah. And, and that's just a, that's just a sliver of how your, your life is your best, but, but that's yeah. a, that's an important sliver. And uh, yeah, so we're going to be at uh, South by Southwest EDU, those of you who are going to be attending that conference, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we were down there last year, recorded a live show. We're back there again this year, recording a live show. And this year, Melissa, we have uh, we have a special 
we have a special guest. In addition to you attending the first time, like you're our regular special guest. And then there's our special special guest, Rohit Bargaba of the Non-Obvious Company. Yes, and I love I love Rohit's book, so I'm very excited to to meet him in person, share the stage with him. It should be a lot of fun, all right? Yeah, he's He's, he's very good on the trends. He's always setting them. I'm curious. I'm really curious to have a conversation with Roy about what trends in the last couple of years that he has he hit on and which yeah. ones he's missed on. And so it'll be very interesting to hear what he, he thinks about that and dive into that as well. Yeah. And uh, as part of our March Madness uh, tournament, there's a few ideas, a few uh, entries that are specifically out of Rohit's new book, Non-Obvious Megatrends, which just launched in January. We had Rohit on the show to talk about his book right when it was dropping, and then a nice opportunity to connect back with him, get a read on his trends, and then also get a read on the entire field. Yep. 28 trends this year. You know, historically, we've done 16. We almost doubled that. We very nearly doubled cool. it. We decided to go to 28 with four buys. So there'll be four, four trends that are going to get a buy in the first round, and the rest of the trends are going to square off in a first round. We'll announce the Sweet 16 with Rohit down at uh, South by Southwest, EDU, and then continue to watch the field pair off and square off with winners being determined for each round, culminating in the top learning trend of 2020, which we are going to determine in the beginning of April. It's going to be outstanding. It's always a blast when we announce the winners. And, and yeah, so, so as someone who's, who's just beginning to get acquainted with the ins and outs, you know, the, the travel opportunities, the conference, you know, like your head must be spinning. But, uh, but then if you look at the brackets themselves, you know, we're still finalizing the, the field. What are your thoughts, Melissa, just coming in at this fresh? You know, it's interesting, right? Because even before we started doing this trend education and the actual trends, like there have been trends that you see in education all the time. And it's interesting to me because I've been looking back at your past brackets, right? And things like AR have been on the the trends in and out. So so as AI, yeah. so as things. And I think it's it's going to be interesting to get different perspectives on it. But some of these trends are, it's like it, you always quote that the future is already here. It's yeah. just not evenly distributed. I think yeah. that's happening with a lot of these trends. So I'm, I'm curious that as we look back on them, like will those trends eventually play out or will they just fade away? Like one of them that I think uh, that has always been in history for a while is personalization. Yes. Uh, we've talked about it for a while and it seems like that is not quite, there is some variation of personalization that's still happening and playing out, but not to the extent that uh, I think we once would have thought of back in the day. So I'm very curious of where the trends, like I see uh, some of the trends you've been talking about, what interactive everything won last, last year. year. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and how you've seen it play out over the last year? Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we try to do a mix of capturing the themes that are around sort of more broadly. So things like artificial intelligence, you mentioned augmented reality, those tend to get, get in each year. When, once something wins, we tend to retire it. So this year, where there's not going to be enough, just AI machine learning entry, there's not going to be the importance of teachers, kid solving, or interactive everything, because each of those have one. There was a tie the first year between AI and the importance of teachers. So they, they co-won that as like a, a combination. 
both end. It takes the humans and the AI to, to win the game. So that was year one. Year two, kid solving that coincided with the March for Our Lives after the, the shooting in Parkland, Florida. So that was that very much kind of ran away with the tournament year two. And then last year, Interactive Everything won kind of out of nowhere. Sometimes it winds up being what has the catchiest turn of phrase that might get uh, people's attention. I think the idea that flat, non-interactive stuff is just less sticky, less engaging. And I think generally speaking, at least our audience, the folks who voted, were saying they expected stuff to be more interactive, more engaging. That was also right after we did a show on Bandersnatch, which was on Netflix, where they used interactive video. And one of the things we've been talking about on the show a lot is sort of building on your personalization point. You know, if you do well-designed e-learning edutainment that allows the user to make decisions and then based on the decisions she makes, she sees different things. That's something that I think to your point, people had been talking about the promise of that for many years. I think that was something at least as of last year, folks started to sense the future is here now. Like we can actually start building more engaging, interactive stuff so that learning becomes less of a lean back, more of a lean in experience. Uh, so that was why Interactive Everything won last year. There's a few ideas similar to it that are in this year. There's some, something around simulations. I think we were calling it simulearning. But, but the idea that, you know, people, and that relates a little bit to AR like you're talking about, where like, or virtual reality, where rather than, you know, watch flat video or listen to audio, what if I could actually experience a simulation that's going to feel like what it's going to feel like to be in uh, a new context down the road. That's something that had been a little more hypothetical, theoretical in the past. And now I think we're starting to see it pick up traction. So like these things to your point are already here, but they're picking up traction, picking up pace, getting more broadly, more broad awareness. And, uh, and those are the types of things that, that tend to catch fire. As we mentioned, this year has been kind of nuts in terms of 2020 election cycle, coronavirus, you know, Kobe Bryant's tragic uh, crash. So it's just like the amount of noise coming in from the outside is, is pretty pervasive and hard to navigate as learners, as people who are trying to like understand the educational landscape. So I think that might be part of the, the, the zeitgeist, but who knows, it's gonna be up to our voters, you know? It's definitely, it's definitely going to be one of the things that I, I don't know if it's like it's going to make all, all top list, but the one, one of the trends I see that is uh, super going to be super interesting to watch is Internet of Things, right? Yes. I, I think the more the like just the watch experience and how the watch gives us information, how you, you see it in all the heart rate monitors that you yeah. saw me talking about, I think bringing those things into the classroom and um, bringing more different experiences rather than just reading like reading on a, a book or something it's got to start coming out more and more and it, particularly as we talk about healthcare education and 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 other places and, and skills training and so forth i think those things are going to become a, a much more important aspect don't know if we'll make the list today but i'm holding out hope for it yeah well and you you have influence as part of the selection committee so so there may be a chance that it does that does make it in but like where what had been called wearables yeah. you know, sensor technology which we talked about recently when we were looking at the innovation landscape for the 2020s 
you know, we did a show on hearables too, which was interesting. Wearable tech that's in your ear that perhaps could have sensors or could have other ways to kind of pick up on your, your ideas over time. But yeah, it's an, it's an interesting time where that technology happens. And then another aspect of the brackets, something that we do try to talk about regularly on the show is sort of the, the counterforce to that, which is last year was captured as screenlessness. We may have screenlessness come back in again this year. We also talk a lot about mind, mindfulness. Yeah. Just the, the value of turning things off is an interesting counterpoint because I think you're right in that the smart educator who can bring good intentional use of new technology into the classroom is going to be able to unlock new potential. But the flip side is like we have seen, we did a few shows on the backlash against technology in the classroom, Summit Education in particular. There's been a good amount of backlash against that Chan Zuckerberg powered initiative where the personalized learning almost becomes dehumanizing. So this is where parents have been complaining about their quote unquote zombie kids because it winds up being a glorified tech enabled study hall in its worst context where the teacher says, all right, power up your personalized learning. I want to be at my desk (laughs) and then we'll check in, in in 45 minutes, you know, and which comes back to the idea of the power of the human in the equation, which is one of the themes, one of the trends that Rohit is talking about is he calls human mode. And that's, uh, you know, in a world where more and more stuff is being powered by non-human agents, there will be a tendency among consumers, among learners, among people who are seeking solutions to find solutions that do have some sort of human component, some, some aspect of, of connecting that and all the emotional stuff that almost runs as like a counterforce to the more cognitive and technology powered stuff uh, kind of goes full circle back to our first bracket, you know, where artificial intelligence, machine learning tied with the importance of teachers. And I, I think, I think you're always going to see that, right? You're always going to see this, them as a young yet. I happen to be, like my, my personal belief on, on where this is going to go. It's I think like, Technology, learning by technology is going to have, it's going to have to have a role to play. I think the human as a coach uh, is for sure where it's going to go. And so I would, I would argue that we're probably not, we're, we're not hitting it right if we're in the classroom and we're just having the students, the students just sit in front of a classroom and uh, in front of a computer and use it. I think the value of the computer is, is for one-on-one time and, yeah. and learning at your own pace. And then like the, engagement in the classroom becomes much more about the teacher and, and the coaching model and learning. A perfect example and, and not quite quite parallel, right, is like like even in the workplace trying to move pre- move away from presentations mm-hmm. to things you read from beforehand and then when you yep. get into the room, if you've read it ahead of time, it becomes a much more engaging conversation than yep. just write a download. And I think too much of classes today are still downloads. And so yes. that's, where, uh, that's where I think technology helps give that download and allows people to download at their own speed. And mm-hmm. then you come into a class at, on much more equal footing. And that's a little bit of the flipped classroom, which probably hasn't made its way back into trends. But something yeah. I think needs to happen a lot more in, in order for education to really work. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's a great point. And, and it does remind me also of the importance of good, good facilitation and modeling of a collaborative, you know, equitable, inclusive environment, you know, trying to hear from everybody in a class, even the more introverted students and not yeah. allowing 
the gunners to sort of dominate the conversation, you know, or give them room to operate with some independence and autonomy, but also, you know, dedicating enough time and resourcing to, to help the kids who may have more, more to deal with in their home life or, or just, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I like to view myself as a recovering introvert, you know, like I, I do think there, there are techniques that are, are help. Like we're starting to give more emotional tooling to teachers to, to help them teach the whole student and the whole student, whole yeah. teacher, you know, whole community, you know, it takes a village idea. I think is a, is one that like you're talking about, it's been out there for a long time, but you know, sometimes things catch, catch a tailwind suddenly and the timing is right and they kind of uh, burst, for, burst forward as like the, the clear, uh, clear winner. And then also I think this year it could, be, uh, it could be a pretty wide open field where it may just depend on, you know, who's voting, what catches their, their attention. We'd love our listeners to vote. Make, you can make predictions. How do I get as many diverse voices, as many diverse perspectives to be able to actively engage in the topics that we're talking about? And that is something that feels like a macro trend. Like it, that is something that, you know, we're trying to model that. We're trying to sort of lean into that idea. But do you have any thoughts on, on that, that sort of broader set of uh, trends? I mean, as, as you were saying it, it was coming to mind there. Like, it's almost like there are a bunch of macro trends that are going to for sure drive education. Like we talked a lot about them and not to reiterate the, the show we did last but like, I, I cannot help but believe that the 5G movement for sure, like, and, and that is going to, it's going to enable education in, in rural countries and so forth. And so it's got to be looked at as a trend as, as you tied that with, with then the need for like more non-human, at least at the start learning uh, yep. or, or, or personalized, or personalized yeah. learning uh, to get it into localized learning so that like not teaching uh, students in Africa with an American curriculum. I think you're yeah, like making it much more like personalized to, to their, their area. It's going to be things that are going to change the future. For sure, education is going, it's got to go more global. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think that's one of the things you're going to see. Yeah, and, and your point about healthcare education is another good one too, because like one of the challenges we've always had with these brackets and we just allow it to be a challenge and we still we still power forward is the timeliness. You know, like is this does this apply to 2020 or does it apply to the next five to ten years? I think if we were to, you know, everyone's gonna be voting based on whatever yeah. they want to vote on. I do think it's interesting just to talk about voting on anything in yeah. March of, of twenty twenty. You know, hopefully there won't be too many bot farms that are flooding. Like if suddenly, if we include bots and bots suddenly get millions of votes, we may need to open up a, a parallel investigation just to make sure that, that things are operating on the up and up. And but, uh, let's hope whatever software we use also works when we, <laughs> when we roll it out to vote. Too yeah. soon, too soon. Just yeah, like. yeah. Or we're not <laughs> soon enough. But I mean, but I mean, that will be what 2020 is very much about as well is, at least in the U.S., so much is going to be tied to this election mumbo jumbo and you know when you start thinking forward into the year what's going to feel like you know heading into the election of 2020 in the u.s not to mention you know we talked about the coronavirus is that gonna continue to go bonkers you know there are some you know one one trend that we haven't necessarily talked about in in the brackets and maybe this is a late addition but just scenario-based thinking which is 
from all I've been, you know, simulations kind of relate to this. The more you get in the habit of anticipating, visualizing possible futures and understanding that there's many varied ones out there. A lot of the research that I've been reading about this says that that's just a very healthy practice because it kind of sets you up for surprisingly good outcomes when you can be opportunistic, surprisingly negative worst case scenarios where you have your fail safes ready. And then also just more of an orientation towards being able to respond to new, different, unexpected. And if you can't respond to novel, unexpected these days, you better start learning how to do that because, you know, get building on what we just were talking about last time we talked was the, the idea that the amount of change in the next 10 years is likely to be more than we've seen in the past 40. I'm coming around to that thinking. Like I actually, I am starting to believe that it is going to be a decade. The 2020s are going to be a decade of tremendous change and disruption. So, so maybe some trends that talk about being like training yeah. learners from as early a possible age to be ready to respond to this deeply transformative world that we'd be living in, especially at a time when K-12 and higher ed may struggle to change as fast as the world around us changes. And, and that's, and as you're talking, that's what I was thinking about. One of the things I look for when I look for trends is what will actually disrupt the status quo. And I, so I think a lot of it, even like, even like micro learning, which I know we've talked about in, yep. in, in the past and, and skills-based learning, I think, we, we say it every year, and it's going to be true one year. Higher, yeah. ed, higher ed is ripe for disruption. Yeah. Uh, it has not, it's being disrupted, but it's being disrupted slowly right now. It's, gotta, it's going to continue. Because the more, like we've talked about it on the show in the past, like Amazon launching AWS as a school and, and train on that. Like more and more of those things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the, the me needing to go to a four-year education it, it's, it's going to seem less and less likely when I can enter the workforce directly out of high school or even while in high school if right. I picked up all these other trainings. And, and so that's one of the things I'd look for. I mean, to your point, there's always the counterpoint to that, right. which, which is like, it, as you can learn and as you can get into the, if, if I can learn at a faster pace as my students and I can actually gain all these skills at 14 or 15, Am I ready for the workforce? And have I so- learned socially enough? And is that, is that what college is? It's finishing school for right. my emotional maturity. And, and those are the things that I think when we eventually speed up how kids get there, like Zuckerberg being a, a perfect example, he may have become CEO. I'm sorry, Mark. He may have become CEO too early for his right. level. And right. it's, it's those things that the, the, we, we shouldn't really call them soft skills. They're skills that you need. And yeah. you hear uh, Brandon Rusteed, one of my colleagues here at Kaplan, talks about that a lot. And let's talk mm-hmm. about it. It's not like it's the uh, soft skills are things you really need. And as we focus on these uh, more traditional skills, those, how, we, how we bring those, those other skills up are going to be important, especially for uh, people less, less mature than yeah. the rest of us. Totally. I mean, and it relates also yeah. to what we've been talking about around um, what sorts of things will artificial intelligence take on? And then what's, what will that leave for humans to engage with? A lot of the stuff that the humans are going to have to engage with are going to be interpersonal, social, collaborative, and creative. Yeah. And what are we doing, even from early childhood ed, right through K-12, yeah. right through higher ed, into the workforce, lifelong learning, 
how far along are we in each of those places? And then where will we see the, the, the greatest trans, transformation in 2020 and then maybe in, in a longer time horizon? So speaking of time horizons, we're almost done here, Melissa. So any, any parting thoughts? We're going to continue to be talking about these brackets over the next uh, month and change. But, uh, but any, any parting thoughts, any suggestions, any recommendations for our listeners? I mean, as you all know, I'm always pushing for the robot overlord. So I'm pushing for any trend that brings AI to the forefront. Nice, nice. Hashtag team AI. And, <laughs> and then I, I, I will stalwartly continue to advocate for hashtag team human. It's kind of like the Twilight movies, right? Team Jacob or team uh, yeah. Edward, I don't know. right? Yeah. Yeah, but you're, you're, it's curious. I'm so curious to see where Royet is going to come down because I think you might be stacking the deck for you, but I'm ready to, I'm ready to go to war with one of you guys. And we want to bring back trusted friends and uh, compatriots who've been with us along the way. One of those compatriots is Brandon Jones. And we're fortunate enough to get a little bit of Brandon's perspective on trending in education's March Madness through the years. Brandon was with us when we began this in 2017, was with us down in Austin in the March of 2019. We're going to be back down there in March of 2020. Brandon will be with us in spirit, and and then we're hoping to get a little bit of his spirit as audio. So Brandon, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. It is, you know, thinking about this one, if you're recording a podcast in February, that's going to drop in March. Right. I think I'm living in the future. Whoa, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I'm. I've got a. I got a futurist mindset on well, uh, for this conversation. Well, I would say yes. And in the future, you're living in the past. So like, <laughs> what? Wow. Yeah. This is the 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 perception of time and my human role in it is uh, so interesting. So yeah, living in the future. Happy to be talking about the past. I mean, we've been. We've been doing this now. This is our this is our fourth year. I'm happy to part be part of the hour, and uh, I will be a a listener as you and others other other friends talk about this in in future episodes. But I think it's a good opportunity, you know, that we started doing and then liked it enough and got at least some positive feedback from yeah. from our listenership yeah. uh, that they liked it too to be through the format that exists for the NCAA basketball tournaments yep. uh, to be able to. Pair up and pit against each other some trends that we think are are going to impact the, the the world and us in it, and see which of those bubble to the top through audience participation. So I think it's a it's a lot of fun, and glad to be back here doing it. Yeah, and now great to have you back. And now that we've done it so many times, technically three, soon to be four, there's time uh, for us to wax nostalgic. And oh yeah think back over the years and think about the through lines and the trend lines and the predictions, both for the ones that were right. So, you know, I think you kind of nailed it year two with kid solving, which soon transformed into the, 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 the activation of the, the, the students in Florida, in Parkland, Florida, after uh, the tragic event down there, how they, they then led a movement. And we now see that with climate change as well. So like, it does seem like, you know, we catch lightning in a bottle, you to your credit, we're able to do that in, in 2018. 
Anything that jumps to mind? I mean, I, I, you know, you could do one more victory lap. For, for folks who have not, have not been part of, uh, of the, the trending and education family for the past several years, I thought maybe, you know, it might be worth taking just a, a quick trip down uh, memory, memory, memory lane. They're easy for me to say. Yeah. Uh, in the first year, I've, this is still one of the great mysteries of my life, Mike Palmer. And I've lived for, for, for through many mysteries. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have a winner. So we've done this for three years. Yeah. But we have four winners. How does that happen, one might ask? And I will tell you. Yeah. Because in our first year, we had a tie. Yeah. And the tie was between AI slash machine learning and the importance of teachers. Yeah. And we did this. We, we, we polled the audience. We, yeah. we talked to the machines. Multiple times. Multiple times that we, we just couldn't have one of them win. It ended right. up being a tie. Right. So I thought that was the, the curiosity to tie aside. I think that we, we were also right about AI machine learning. Yeah. I think we've, we've just been talking about this on, on this show recently about, yeah. about AI as a trend that's going to change the next 10 years as, as much as the, uh, the past several or more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, and the importance of teachers you know, fan, fan favorite where I'm the fan here. That, that's one that, that I think will always continue to be the case. We tell, you already talked about kid solving in, yeah. uh, in 2018. And then, and then in, in 2019, Interactive Everything was the, the winner there. And I will say, when anything, everything is in the, in the mix, that's a, that is a strong competitor. So that's what we've done. And now my, have you, are these, these are getting into the, the, they're getting a bronze bus going up in the, in the hall of fame and not being in uh, included in this year's consideration. What's the, what's the plan with that? So the five winners, sorry, the four winners soon to be five once hopefully assuming there's no tie. And That's I'll, a big assumption. I mean, there's a tie 33% of the time. I mean, there's a more rigorous uh, methodology. We're going to adopt the Elam ending. So, my, my, my Bayesian prior would say that uh, this, there could be a tie here. It's a one in three chance we're going to tie uh, based, on, based on previous previous data. But, like, that tie was kind of perfect in its own way. And it was also it was. Uh, the first time we were doing it. And when you're pitting the humanity hashtag team human against the uh, AI hashtag team robots. And you, you come to the conclusion that it's, it's too close to call, too early to call. Say, say whatever you want about it, but like it's too complicated to identify a single winner. In some ways, that does seem like a next level insight. That if I thought so. I, I agree. If one of them won, it would, have been, it would have been a little off. So instead we said, you know, it was also a little zeitgeisty in that both AI and the the importance of teachers got a participation trophy that first year. Right. They'll both be retired and in our hall of fame. Same thing for kids solving, same thing for interactive everything. And we're just in the early stages of defining the field that will be live in the next week or two. So like we're planning to go live in early March and then we will be down at South by Southwest. March 11th is when we'll be live down there. And that's when we'll, in front of a live audience in Austin, go through the results of the first round and we'll be at our Sweet 16 by that point. And then we'll be heading towards the, the conclusion of this round and our new winner will be anointed right around early April. Brandon, any thoughts on trends? I know, I know you were on our, our trend, one of our trend prediction shows for 2020. Any high level takes on uh, where the the smart money might be uh, this go around because keep in mind listeners not only do you consume this and vote on this you're also able to predict 
who will win. And the winner of the prediction side of this gets to appear on trending and education. So it's a, it's a, it's a nice thing there. So Brandon, as an industry insider, as someone who's seen this three years running, any thoughts without going too deep on a specific prediction? Yeah, I do. And I, I will sort of maybe give a meta answer to this yeah. is uh, never met an answer. I didn't like, especially with insider's perspective. And I'm not sure if our listeners will be able to see, see the, the boards from years past, but I would say since winners of the past have been retired, yeah. one might look to runners up from the past, mm. right. Or other trends that have fared well in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, you know, in, in the past, there was no runner up, as we've joked about from yeah. 2017. In, right. in 2018, the runner up was fake news. Sure. And in, in 2019, the, the runner up was human centered STEM. Sure. I, I would think, you know, if we're, it depends on what the time horizon is. And we talked sure. about this a lot. Like, if we're talking just 2020, right. I would be betting on things that involve, at least in for, for those listeners here in the United States of America, it would be things that tie to the 2020 election. Yes. You know, 2020 vision you've talked about. I can't believe that no one has done more, more publicly with that. That's just a, that's a great term. I'm sure people have, have used it, but uh, no one's owned that as much as I think they could. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's going to be fake news. There's going to be, you know, things involving privacy and data yeah. and security. Yeah. And, right. you know, I think all of that is real, has a real chance of being a winner especially if we've got a, you know, a really U.S.-centric voting population here. Yeah. We welcome, I, 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 would, I think I can speak for you on this too, Mike, we welcome uh, international listenership as well. Yeah. But in the, the, here at home in the U.S., it is, that, that is big news. So yeah. that would be my guess. I would say, and I would be interested, you know, as a part-time guest and regular listener, I would be interested to hear how different trends that have appeared in more than one year's bracket perform over time. So like, what are the advancers in the eyes of our listener and the ears of our listeners and what are the decliners? Yeah. Yeah. Those would be some, some early thoughts. Look, look to see what's, what's, what's done well, but not one in the past. And I'm looking forward to hearing how the, those trends trend this year. Yeah. And, and just to, to call back to your previous show with us prediction wise, behavioral health, mindfulness, things that are almost antidotes to the, the 24-7 breaking news, inundation of new media, mass media, social media, finding those places to be more restorative and focused on ourselves, and also focused on how we can engage with others in a pro-social way. That is an interesting macro trend, and I did want to give you your due, because I'm not sure exactly how that's going to manifest in the brackets as we finalize it. But find it room, find room, baby. I think you're, I think you're right. And I, I think, you know, whether that sort of morphs into something, something different, you have pointed out, I think rightly, I'm sure you're not the first to, but you've said often to me that, you know, there are counter trends really for every material trend. And, yeah. and I do think that is, that's one that I, I personally hope will gain some, some additional traction. I think it already is, but I'm, I'm hoping that that is an alternative to, I think the, the less positive, less enabling, less building people up, all those other things that we just talked about, I'm hoping that some of the, the counter ends up being more the trend. Yeah. And, and for our listeners, you know, participate. We, we want to get you, get you excited about this. We're going to be sharing more information about it. We'll be doing some additional shows. In addition to our normal catalog, you'll get some extra shows in March that are talking about the March Madness, culminating in our, our big whiz-bang culmination 
I, I will say, I know I'm, I'm interrupting, I apologize, but before I wrap, I, I, one, one piece of nostalgia that I forgot to mention, and listeners can still go find us in the back catalog, is our first year, we did do some eight-mile eight style, it's a little, uh, a little rap face-off, a little rap battle. So, you know, I, I think finding a sparring partner to, uh, and it was all, all done with love, but, uh, you know, finding a sparring partner who can sort of unpack some of these on this show, I think would be interesting as you get further into the path, probably past the sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to want to do that for 16 of them again, but you know, the, the last four, last eight, something like that. I'd, I'd love to hear a little deeper, deeper dive treatment from, from you and the, the friends of the show on that. Yeah. And as a friend of the show, maybe we even uh, bring you back for a little I bit. Still, I still got, uh, I still got the, the, the keys to the dojo. So we can, we can head there. We look forward to kicking this off in March, having some time down in Austin. If you're there, we'd love to see you. And then hopefully folks will get excited. And then while we're doing this, we're still going to be running regular training and education shows that you've come to know and love uh, really right throughout this period. So trying to get a little bit of the both end going where you'll, we'll continue to identify new trends, interview uh, great thinkers and authors and things. But we'll also dedicate a decent amount of time over the next month and change to, to cover our brackets and the, the wild and wacky that turns into uh, March Madness for us every year. So thanks again for listening. We'll be back again soon on Trending in Education. 